not the coding itself. It's a way to create, I think, a business around it and serve people and give them a better service. Welcome to 20 Minute Leaders. Just sit back, relax, and learn from the leaders of today. It's a journey. Each one is different, unique, inspiring. Let's get started. This episode is powered by JVentures, a community-driven VC fund in Silicon Valley and is sponsored by Hillel Stanford, UpWest, and Hippo Insurance. Our 119th guest is Vicky Slavin, the co-founder and CEO of ProdOps.io. Vicky is the co-founder and CEO of ProdOps.io, a global consulting firm specializing in building automated solutions for cloud infrastructure. ProdOps is a leader in the DevOps and operations community in Israel, with more than 500 executive projects assisting global enterprises, startups, and SMBs. Having 15 years of experience behind her, Vicky is an expert in formulating business units in the software and infrastructure areas, managing complicated global projects from various disciplines. Vicky Slavin, how are you? I'm great. Good to see you. So where are you calling from right now? From Tel Aviv, I'm based in Israel, but you know, we are working from home, so probably you'll find me in my living room. I love it, I love it. So I think that working from home, the true answer is I'm, I'm everywhere because now there is, no, there is no sense in a specific point in time. Vicky, I, would, I, I can't wait to hear your story. Right before we started this, we were chatting a little bit about the, both you know, the idea of mentorship, but also the idea of, of the responsibilities of being an entrepreneur for a good impact following this idea of bootstrapping a company. And I'd love to spend these 20 minutes touching on these three subjects because I think they're fascinating. And I'd love to start with, with the middle one about what it means to be a, an entrepreneur to you and the privilege uh, of being an entrepreneur in terms of the responsibility that we, that we can undertake onto ourselves. Okay, it's a good question. I think it's always take ownership, okay? No matter if you're the expert, of a subject or a topic, you must take ownership because it's yours. And if stuff cracks between, if something goes wrong, you need to step in and you can stay, okay, it's not mine. Right. So I think it's a main uh, characteristic of a good entrepreneur. And a second, not to miss a good opportunity if you see one. But you must say no for almost everything else. So that's counterintuitive because... When you think of entrepreneurship, a lot of the times you think of yes, a yes person, right? Yes and, yes and. But you're saying that most of the time your responsibility is to say no. Yes, because you need to stay focused and you need to invest yourself. It's not 100%, it's really 200%. Because you must take yourself out of the box. You must be more creative than you expected. You must encounter in many difficulties and many stuff that will tell you, no, don't do it. Why? Why? Why do we need it? Right. And you must continue. So you're, so you're an entrepreneur yourself, a multiple-time entrepreneur. You're also deep into the technology scene and helping companies with create better technology through, uh, through your most recent now global consulting firm that helps them, that helps them write software that scales. Talk to me a little bit about what this business does. And, and then I'd love to go back all the way to the journey of how you started it, how you bootstrapped it, and, and move from there. No problem at all. What we do at products, and, and if you pronounce it correct, it's a production and operations. Okay. How you can combine both of them. We help clients to build and deploy solutions 
to automate the cloud infrastructure and improve the whole workflow of how you deliver code. It's great that you have code, right? But until it won't live in the real world and people won't be able to use it, it's worth nothing. It's a backlog. Okay, so what, so what do you actually, how do you actually go in and, and, and help these companies? Because, you know, sometimes companies that have like a dozen engineers, they have a lot of different systems, they have a lot of internal conventions, and it sounds a little complicated for an external, external group to come in and, and help them understand what they have and deploy it. We start from a process, what do you want to achieve? Okay, now, and what is the business, uh, let's call it impact that you would like to create? You want to deliver a feature that will create the wow moment? Okay, let's focus on your user. Okay, mm-hmm. and once you focus on your user, we explain the flow back. What do you have in your functionality of your systems today that it's good enough and you can improve it? Mm-hmm. And then let's find ways to improve it. If it by a faster delivery, it's, is it by, by uh, creating better uh, feedback loops? Mm-hmm. Okay, to create feedback, you monitor stuff and you can fix better. Is it by scale? to other regions or countries, and it's by use cloud better mm-hmm. and have the opportunity to scale your systems and provide your service in different countries in the same time. So we look on the business outcomes that our customers need. We see what are the bottlenecks that they have in the process. And we can only after we achieved it, we think is that we can consult on what do you want? What practices do you want to about lean development? Is it good for you? Agile development? Okay. We are not agile uh, mentors, but we understand what does it mean? Okay. So what does it mean for an R&D team? So you're not just on the deployment, right? You're, you're What you're talking about here is the whole pipeline of a company that comes in and says, we're so, we're, we have software that is helping us create a service for people. And you can actually interject in any part of the pipeline, right? Not just the deployment to the cloud or to the user. Exactly. We are. We don't have any, uh, let's call it, added advantage in what you develop, but how you bring it to your customers, how you deploy it to your customers. What is the process to do it in a better way? So why why do you need products? Why why does the world or why do teams around the world need an external company to come in and help them achieve that goal? Um, because it sounds like you know you know today you know you have DevOps in, internally, you have different you know uh, Scrum masters internally. Why why would I want a, a an external firm to come in and help me? Okay, because you find yourself uh, dealing with a lot of backlog around you, you can always probably say, okay, I have a lot of work. How do I start? How can I create a different? Because I need to do the maintenance. I need to do the work. Okay, I can't uh, step back and look at it from another angle. Mm-hmm. And I need someone external that will help me to do it. Okay. Second, to overcome um, technical challenges, it takes a lot of time. Okay, it's not that you can call yourself, okay, you are a Java developer. Great, so you will know new stuff that happens with Java, for example. But it's not Java. You have in cloud native landscape a lot of tools, and each one of them can, uh, let's call it, take you a step forward. What tool do you need to use now? 
how can you use a tool that won't add complexity more than it needs? Mm-hmm. So, so what it sounds to me is that you're not. What it sounds to me is that the 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 firm doesn't go in and you're not completing Jira tasks, right? For the team, you're not actually going in and 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 necessarily helping them code the product, but you're helping them understand at a higher level how do the different products within the company serve the customer. How do you make sure that the team the teams work efficiently, and how do you take a step back and understand what are the priorities that the startup or that the enterprise needs to accomplish in order to maximize on their value for their customer? Exactly, and from time to time, we also step into the hands-on work itself. And if we need to help our clients to scale up his technical capabilities in the delivery pipeline, in the cloud infrastructure systems, mm-hmm. we do it as well. Okay, and so how many people are, are part of this group, ProtOps? Uh, we have 20 people, uh, almost 20 people in Israel, uh, London, and Miami, spread wow. in three countries. Why Miami? Why Miami? Yes, it's a good question. One of our... <laughs> okay. If you want good relationship with the wife or your employee, she needs to have a career. And she's one of uh, uh, our uh, senior directors um, wanted to move to the US. Uh, and his wife is a doctor. And she accepted to a Miami Beach hospital. Okay. So it's uh, not a bad reason. It's not such a good, you know, uh, decision, but we live with it. So it's okay. I love it. Well, you know, in, in COVID times, anybody can work anywhere. And I guess the only issue is the time difference. But I guess as an entrepreneur, you're already very adapt to working across time time zones and, and being awake at all sorts of weird hours. Now, I, I'd love for you to take me back to your journey. And before we started this, you mentioned this, this idea of bootstrapping and, and saying no. Uh, and saying no specifically to institutional funding, because, you know, here in, here in Palo Alto, all that I'm hearing all day is, when are you going to raise your next round? And how quickly can you raise the round? And how much money can you raise? And it sounds to me like you have a, a story that d- doesn't go along with that narrative specifically, right? It's only when you need the money uh, for the growth, okay? And you can't do it by yourself. Uh, what I think we proved to, our, to ourselves that we managed to create value from almost the first day okay, of our work. And, and we managed, I think, to do bootstrap for, let's call it for initiatives that we decided to do. Uh, but we take small risks. There is a price to it. Okay, We take small risks. We probably won't be able to take bigger, uh, bigger risks. Uh, but it's good enough for us for now. So how do you manage that balance as an entrepreneur between taking the money, being able to go and go do high risk things versus bootstrapping, maintaining ownership and control of the company and in the decision making process, but not being able to take those big risks? I will take them when I will, uh, I think, will know that it's not eventually, that it's really the green light for me that I will be able to scale because I have the money, mm-hmm. okay? Not because because the business needed, not a good enough reason, okay? Because I will, uh, let's call it, um, have more clients and I will need more people to serve them. Great, it's also not a good reason because if I can serve them and I can get money, why do I need external money? 
Right. But, but, but what is the downside of getting, a, of getting a, a, an institutional investment and saying, okay, now I want to grow my team at, at I want to grow my team at products from 20 people to 200 people. And instead of serving a few clients, I want to serve hundreds of clients because it sounds to me like you're convinced that you've reached product market fit and you're providing value to these companies and you're learning a lot from the process. Then why not take that leap? Uh, because I think that our, uh, let's call it mid-management uh, team is not ready for it right now. And okay. once you'll be ready, I think I'll do it. So, so what you're saying here is that there's this dilemma for an entrepreneur where you also need to take account, are we ready to be able to manage a company at a greater scale than what we have? Are we, are we ready both in terms of our product, but also in terms of our management? Yes, internally. And then, so then what, what's because your role? I can hire. Okay? Yeah. Of course, I can go and hire, but it's not the way we believe we can, uh, we can do a great, um, let's call it scale for ourselves. So then, we need to pay. so, you know, one of the things that institutional investors help with is keeping the entrepreneur accountable and keeping a reality check constantly because they're not, you know, necessarily emotionally invested into the idea, but they're looking at the product and the value that it provides. So how do you then, as an entrepreneur and the CEO, how do you keep that reality check for yourself uh, without, the, without the help of the, of the VC? Uh, I have a good advisory board and I have a good mentor. I think it's a, always a good uh, tip for anyone. You need to have an external uh, mentor. And you need to be able to look at his eyes and say, please give me the truth all the right. time and check me. So, so, that, so, so I'd love to transition this to, to the other part that we talked about before, which is, which is mentorship and relationships as you go along this entrepreneurial journey as one of the key milestones or, key or cornerstones of, of an entrepreneur. So talk to me a little bit about the importance of relationship and mentorship in your eyes. I think a good mentor... Uh should always ask you the question, is, is it still your goal? And if it's your goal, let's make sure that every decision that you make meets your goal. Okay, I think it's one of the main characters of a good mentor. Okay, second, if in his eyes, you're not in the best position for your company, and you're not, do, not doing the good job, he need to tell you, mm -hmm. you need to think about it. Consider to make a transition. Consider how would you like to grow from this now, from this point. Um, it's the way I look at a good mentor. Uh, and those are the questions that I keep asking my mentor all the time on every meeting that I think we have about the strategic topics that we would like to discuss. Right. But we obviously can't take for granted this idea of finding a good mentor. So how do you, how do you go about even finding that right person to help you on your journey uh, because, you know, it, it's, it's wonderful to have that person, but, but it sounds pretty difficult to find somebody who's committed to helping you as an entrepreneur and giving you that real honest and direct advice, because that takes time and effort. It takes time and effort, and you need to try uh, ah, to gain a trust with yeah. the person. Okay? Gain a trust, I think it's the main difficulty, and believe that um, it has added value for you. Um, I met my, one of my great mentors uh, in a different world, let's call it, uh, from theory of constraints world. If you're familiar with the practice. I'm not. What is that? Okay. Professor Eliyahu Goldratt wrote a book, The Goal. 
Maybe you're familiar with the name De Gaulle? I'm, I'm, I'm not familiar, no. Wow. Okay. Uh, so I have homework after this. Reading? No, but yeah. Uh, theory of constraints is a management practice. Company like Apple and Amazon work by this practice, and it's why they're such great companies, because they find, uh, let's call it the uh, weakness in the whole chain of a process. Okay, and they improve only the one bottleneck that is the weakest. Mm. Uh, let's call it. I, I even they don't uh, create. Let's call it uh, in this way. They find the bottleneck. Once they find the bottleneck, they fix it, and then right. they ask you, "Okay, is my process improved or not?" Right. It is the person that I want in my lab. So it's because he always keep looking for the weakest things that I have in my business. Right. And when he point on it, I work very hard to improve it. So just to make sure that I understand this whole concept is that you're looking at your whole supply chain, whether it's your life, your business or a product, and you're saying out of the hundred things that I'm doing, maybe 20 of them are bad, but what is the worst one that is really stopping my company right now from growing the weakest link? Let's capitalize on that, solve that, and then re remeasure what is our new landscape? What, who, what is our, like now a hundred of different elements? Now maybe 19 of them are just bad, but, but what is the next weakest link? and slowly take those out of the equation, right? Yes, it's a logical process, and you need to deep dive into it, and you need to ask yourself five whys, and not one or two, and make sure that it's exactly what you do, and not fixing symptoms. Right. Why are you so excited about the work that you're doing? Why, why products? Why helping teams with software? Before we were talking about impact and the responsibility of an entrepreneur for a better world. So why specifically the industry that you're in where you're helping companies bring their idea to impact and fruition? Um, obviously, you could have gone to a lot of different other paths. Why did you choose this one? I think because uh, we help much more ideas see the real world. Really, it's what does it mean, go to production. We know from our uh, previous experience, 80% from your software goes to garbage, right? Right. Because it's one thing that they, they like, even. And we help our customers really to deliver their code to production. Right. It's what makes uh, it exciting. It's not the coding itself. It's the way create, I think, a business around it and serve people and give them a better service. I love it. Okay, Vicky, now the, the hardest question, which I did not give you enough time to, to prepare for, I need three words that you would use to describe yourself or any of your clients would use to describe yourself. Who is Vicky Slavin? Okay, someone trustful. Okay. Why trustful? <laughs> I think, yeah, people can trust me and I think uh, I, I earn it. Uh, for 20 years that I'm in a business and different businesses that I did. I think second, uh, I have high intuition. And, okay. okay. And I make decisions by it. Uh, I think, and then uh, third thing that you didn't give me time to think about it, I take ownership. Oh. On things. 
And that's how we started the conversation and that's how we're ending it. I, I mean, I, that, that's inspiring for me to hear. I completely agree. I mean, then taking ownership and, and responsibility, I think, is the number one key. No matter, it's not just entrepreneurship. It's anything that you do. I think it's the also the essence of being a trusted person, right? Having other people know that you take ownership over your actions and over your words. I think that's really inspiring. Vicky, one piece of advice that you would give to a rising entrepreneur that is just on their path as they go along their journey now. I think it's create positive environment where, where people work, learn or spend their time, create good environment for, for people. Because if not, what are the worst? Right. So I think they need to create a good culture in every company that they start and establish. And the way they grow, it's supposed to be um, create good environment for real people. Right. Not good conditions, okay? Not good, I think, opportunities or good money. Just good environment. I love it. Vicky, thank you very, very much. Toda Rabah and uh, best of luck with ProdOps. Thank you very much. Have a lovely day. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.